the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Right, come with me to Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. Then they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told them and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It surely flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Somebody say, Nevertheless, the people are strong. The cities are fortified, say it, and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Verse 29, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let's go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. Somebody say, we are well able. able. Say, I am well able. able. Say, I am well able able. to overcome. overcome. I have what it takes to overcome. overcome. I'm born to win. I'm born born as a conqueror. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go against the people. For they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of a land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Then we saw the giants, the descendants of Anna came from the giants, and were like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and so we were in their sight. There we saw what? The giants. What did they see there? Giants. Okay, first Samuel chapter 17, verse 23 to 24. And as they talk, behold, Goliath, the champion or the giant, the Philistine of God, came forth from the Philistine ranks and spoke the same words as before. And David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw them, fled from him, terrified. Okay, now come to first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 13. That is where we want to uh, stay with a while and see what the Spirit of God will help us to see. Now let's read it together. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that are were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all in the cloud and in the sea and all at the same spiritual food. 
And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. Most God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we may not desire as they, they take note of the word, we may not desire. That word is a word we will be working with in this session. We may not desire. Their desires led them astray. May your desires not lead you into trouble. Amen. Your desires are very, very powerful. God gave us desires. And with those desires, we are able to achieve great things. With those desires, we are able to go after God. With those desires, we are able to pursue spiritual things. Those same desires can also lead us astray. David said, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after. He had a desire to seek after God. But very soon you come to see that we don't only have desire always to seek after God. There are times where other contrary desires also come into our lives. And when those desires come into our lives, how we relate with them, what we do with them, will go a long way to reveal the kind of people we ought to be. Is somebody hearing what I'm teaching tonight? Okay, so do not be idolaters as some of them were as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to test as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents. Nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Please follow verse 11. Now these things happened to them as example. But they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. So there are two times a word example is repeated here. Now let's read from verse 12 to 13. One go, verse 12 to 13. Therefore, wait there. Now, so he says, he said all of that to now say that in the light of what I have said, if you think you are strong, be careful. In the light, because all of those people were strong. They were baptized by Moses. They were anointed in the cloud. And they were people God had delivered for himself. And they were going to a destination God has earmarked for them. And they felt they had what it takes. But along the line, some missed it. So in the light of all that I have said, the examples I have given you, if you think that you are better off, you are stronger, and you don't have to tame your desire, you don't have to do anything about your desire, be careful. Turn to your neighbor and say, be careful. He said, therefore, let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he falls. Go to verse 13. He says, no temptation has taken you. Read it. One go. No temptation has overtaken you. God is faithful and he will not let you to be tempted beyond your ability. Somebody say there's a way for me. Say there's a way out. Yeah, there's a way out. You see, when we are faced with various trials and temptations, there's a way out. And so from today, we want to look at overcoming giant temptations. Overcoming giant temptations. Overcoming giant temptations. Overcoming giant temptations. Now, I'll read a few more scriptures and then we will set the stage. 
James chapter 1 verse, what is temptation? We will read from these scriptures and then we will try to define what temptation is. Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. When he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. When he is drawn by his own passions and enticed. He says, verse 15, Then when lust had conceived, it bring forth sin, and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Okay, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. For we do not have an high priest which cannot be what? Touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but he was at all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Okay, Matthew 6, 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. deliver us from evil. Proverbs 1:10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Looking at all of these scriptures put together, we can define temptation scripturally as any enticement to do evil or sin. Any enticement to do evil or sin. Any enticement to do evil or sin can be described as temptation. So, temptation is any enticement. Somebody say, any enticement to do evil or sin. That's what temptation is. Temptation is any enticement to do evil or sin. You can also say that temptation is any enticement that seeks to make you behave other than your real self in Christ. Uh-huh. You are made the righteousness of God. Anything that seeks to make you go off that path of righteousness can be described as temptation. There were three major examples of people who came face to face with temptation. Giant temptation in scripture. We'll look at them and then I'll share a few thoughts with you. Key thoughts and truths about temptation and we'll close for tonight. First is Adam and Eve. Those were the first people who had the opportunity to face temptation and they messed up big time. They blew it big time. Look at Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 to 16. God placed a man in the garden of Eden to tend and to watch it. But the Lord warned him. The Lord did what? Warn him. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 13. Now the serpent was more crafty than all of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? Did God really say? When the word of God comes under question, when the authority of God, you begin to question the authority of God or what God has spoken, then temptation is very close to you. Yeah, because every temptation is seeking to get you off the word. The main thing that temptation is seeking to do is to take your attention off God and off his word. And if you go off God and off his word, you are likely to fall into sin. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God said, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of a garden and you must not touch it. That's an addition. Or you will die. God didn't say you must not touch it. He said you must not eat it. 
Women can exaggerate. You will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, you will not certainly. Somebody say, you will not certainly. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you will not certainly die. <laughs> I don't know whether you progressively die or you may die, but you will not certainly die. And most of the time, when we are playing with temptation, it looks like we will not certainly be hurt. It always looks like that. It looks like it's fun. It looks like you are getting away with it. But certainly something happened. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Look at that. So they had identity crisis. Satan always would have to make you doubt who you really are. Because when you are conscious of who you are, you will live like you ought to live. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to be conscious of who you are. He says, you are not who you think you really are. But when you do this, then you really become somebody else. And now people are falling into temptation because they wanted to appear like other people. They wanted to fit into a certain class. They wanted to they say, you are too mumu, you have not, uh, you don't know life. And people are tempted and led astray into things which either two they would not have gotten themselves involved in. He says, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw, please take note of that word too because we will come back to use it. When the woman did what? Saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye. Also desirable. Have you seen the word desire again? Okay, so we started from desire there. You are seeing desire here. You saw desire in James. He says, desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. <laughs> they were standing together. <laughs> oh yeah, I was honey. You want to taste? <laughs> she also gave to some to her husband who also and he ate it. Then the eyes of them both were open and they realized they were naked. Satan said, your eyes will be open and you will now see like God. No, they were not seeing like God. They saw themselves in a way they had not seen themselves before. You know, when he started, he said, he said the serpent was more crafty than all the wild animals. Oh, crafty. Crafted everywhere. Packaged it in such a way that you couldn't miss it. And yet, everything he told them was a lie. Now, later on, we begin to see when it comes to Jesus and we'll come back to him. That's why your ability to survive in times of temptation largely is influenced by uh, your knowledge of the word of God. Yeah, because if you don't know the word, Satan can misquote it to you. He misquoted it to them and then deceived them with it. Everywhere temptation comes, we see some of such things coming up. So let's go on. The eyes of them both were open. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave some... <laughs> the woman you put here with me, he didn't say my wife. <laughs> In Genesis chapter 2, he said, Now this is the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. And when she's messing up, he said, The woman you gave me, 
The man said, the woman you put here, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is it you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. The serpent what? And I ate it. So when you go to the book of Timothy, the Bible says that Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. Yeah, he said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. When you go to Timothy, he says, Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. Now let's look at Joseph. That's the first one. Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. Joseph was a man who came face to face with giant temptation. Giant temptation. Joseph was confronted with temptation every young man faces. Now look at this. Now, Genesis 39 verse 1 to 23. It's a long passage, but that's what we are doing tonight. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, Potiphar. An Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian, his master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had gave him success in everything he did, Joseph did what? Found favor in his eyes and became Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted he entrusted to his care everything he owed. Faithfulness is profitable. Okay? From that time he put him in charge of his household and all of all that he owed, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of the blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the in the house and in the so Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's Joseph's with Joseph in charge he did not concern himself with anything except the food he alright now Joseph was Joseph was Joseph was and uh -huh, that's the thing that was going to get him into trouble Joseph was well built and handsome. So something that was not committed to him was about to commit itself or herself to Joseph. You see that everything was committed except this one. But this one said, Joseph, my husband made a mistake. <laughs> In fact, I am the first person he should have committed to you. But he didn't. It's a very terrible mistake. And I want to correct it now. After a while, look at this. Please take note. After a while, master's wife took what? Took what? Notice. Took what? Notice of Joseph. Now, what did Eve do? She saw. This one also saw. <laughs> took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. <laughs> look at this. But he did what? But he did what? Alright, so now, listen. First, she took notice and then she spoke. Uh -huh. She took notice and spoke. But Joseph refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns has been entrusted to my care. Verse 9. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Because you are. How then could I do such a wicked thing 
and sin against God. So listen, there are some core th- truths I'll be sharing with you about temptation. And it's important you know what Joseph is saying here. Joseph is being tempted and he says, how can I do this sin and sin against God? All right? So take note of that and sin against God. We said that any enticement to sin is temptation. Do you get that point? Okay, so follow the reading with me. Let's go to verse 10. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her and even be with her. She spoke day after day, day after day, day after day. If you are going to overcome temptation, there are some voices you must not hear day after day. If you keep on hearing a certain voice day after day, you will soon find yourself in temptation. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties. And none of the household servants was there. This is one of the key things that will help you to also overcome temptation. None of the household servants was there. If you want to overcome temptation, there are some places you should not be there alone. You don't have to be alone in some places with some people. Because the moment that opportunity comes, you can easily fall into temptation. He said, she caught him by his cloak. And said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Verse 13. And when she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house. Verse 14. She called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me. But I scream, hey. <laughs> May you not be caught in the lie of a woman. <laughs> and when he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. Who intervened for Joseph? <laughs> and she kept his cloak beside him until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought. They say the thing has changed you. <laughs> See the description. That Hebrew slave. That boy boy now in the bar. <laughs> that, that, that dirty house boy. That's what he's saying. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. Verse 19. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, Saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger, the jealousy of a man. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, verse 21, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him because Joseph had taken a stand for God. May God be with you at all times. He took a firm stand that no matter what happens, this is the way I'm going to go. And he showed him his kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. 22. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. Verse 23. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. May you receive success in everything you do. May you receive supernatural success in everything you do. Alright, so that's the second temptation. Amen? Somebody say giant temptation. Okay, so the first giant temptation was for our great-grandparents, Adam and Eve. 
And then Joseph came in the fray. Then we have Jesus coming. These are the long documented temptations we see people of recorded about people. Now look at this in Matthew 4 verse 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. By the devil. Take note. He was led by the spirit to be tempted by the devil. He was led by the spirit to be tempted by the devil. If you remember where we read earlier, he said, for no temptation is taking you, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, no temptation is taking you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. You will not be tempted above that which you are able. But while in the temptation, he will make a way of escape. Okay, so after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Sometimes when you are dealing with temptation, you will think that fasting and prayer can quench it. <laughs> but there are some temptations, even after fasting and prayer, they will still be there. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't deal with it. <laughs> yeah, because, you see, that's why we are taking some time to understand this subject. Because, you see, sometimes we act as if that when we gave our lives to Christ and we got born again, our spirit was saved our passions and desires became dead. Because when we talk about temptation, principally that's where they come from. They come from there. Satan is the one, of course, who works through these means. But that is the place that they come from. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, please take note of identity. The, the question of identity when it comes to overcoming temptation is very important. Knowing who you are, it is almost fundamental in every area of victory. If you are going to be victorious in any area of your life, you have to consciously be mindful of who you are. When Adam and Eve were tempted, they had to know who they were. If they had known that they were already like God, they would not have fallen into that foolish temptation. If they had known that they didn't need to eat it to be like God, but they were already made in the image of God, they would not have. When this gentleman came, he told him, if you are the son of God. But at this time, thanks be to God, Jesus already knew that he was the son of God. Because in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus had gone to be baptized and it had been pronounced upon him. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So when Satan came, Jesus already knew his identity. We have to know our identity. Knowing who we are in Christ. You see, the reason why and you must not forget is not because of anything. It's not because you don't have the feeling for it. But you are a different person. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 with me. Let me show you. Ephesians chapter 5. This is it. Ephesians. It's not that you don't have the desire. It's not that you don't have the hormones. You have all of those things. Sometimes you have much more than some people who even do it. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And walk in. Love. Walk in. Love. As Christ had also and had given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling good. But, uh-huh, uh-huh, and let it not be once named among you as becometh, as becometh. So, Paul is telling them, listen, you don't have to give your body for fornication. And the reason why you should not is because we are saints. So, when we constantly remind ourselves of who we are and walk in the consciousness of the same, we are empowered to overcome every temptation. Somebody say, I'm a saint. I'm a saint. Okay, so let's go back to where we are. 
He says, when the tempter came, he spoke to him and said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones to bread. And how Jesus works with him is very, very important. He said, Jesus answered, it is, it is, it is, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, you see how people deal with temptation. The person who fell into temptation in Genesis, one of the things he forgot was who they were and two, their excellent knowledge of the word of God. Praise God. Yeah, the woman was quoting something God didn't give him. Then the devil took him to a holy mountain and had him stand on the highest point of a temple. Verse 6. Look at this. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. Please take note. Identity, identity, identity. If you are the son of God. If you are the son of God. Jesus is setting an example for us. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift up their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Verse 7. Jesus answered, it is what? It is what? Do not put the Lord your God to the Okay, verse 8. Again! Again. Somebody say again. Again. Say again. again. I wish I could tell you that you'll be tempted only once in your lifetime. The temptations you fail to deal with when you are single, when you marry, they will come at you. The temptations you fail to overcome when you are poor, when you become rich, they will come at you. There is no time in a believer's life where he will grow above temptation. Temptation comes to all of us. Everybody. Jesus suffered it again and again. Again, he took him to a high mountain and showed him. Somebody say, showed him. How did Jesus see what he showed him? With his eyes. Do you see the road the eyes playing? Do you see the road the eyes playing? With his eyes. He showed him. Eve saw. Joseph, they cast their eyes. And then here also, the eyes. Why? Because your eyes are gates. They are against your soul. They are against your emotions. They are against your desires. Your eyes. So the Bible said that he took to a high mount and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Verse 9. Verse 9. And he said, all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Verse 10. Jesus said to him, away from me, for it is for it is, for it is, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. May angels assist you in the mighty name of Jesus. The devil left him. In the book of Luke, Luke chapter 4 verse 13, I think Luke chapter 4 verse 13 or so, he said the devil levered him for a season. For a more opportune time. I like that one. <laughs> when the devil had finished all the tempting, he left him until an opportune An opportune. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not over yet. <laughs> it was like, you know, <laughs> today you are on top. I'll come again. <laughs> I'm defeated, but I'll come back. You remember what the story that Jesus gave about when a demon leaves a person? The Bible said he goes and scouts for uh, uh, other places, all the dry places. And when he goes back and says and finds a place garnished, and there is nothing occupying the place, he said, "Listen, I will not lose again. 
I must carry people. The first time demon became considerate. The demon became considerate. He said, I must go with the battalion. There are some demons in my vicinity. I don't like them. But in order to gain dominion over this one, we must work together. Even demons can work together sometimes. Why can't you work together with your fellow believer? There are 10 truths every Christian must know about temptations. 10 truths. 10 truths. Number one is that no believer is exempted from temptation. No believer, no believer is exempted from temptation. Somebody say, I'm not exempted from temptation. Say, I'm not exempted from temptation. You are also not exempted from temptation. James chapter 1 verse 13 to 14. He said, let no man say when he is tempted. James was a very practical person, Pastor James. He was a very practical person. So, in fact, sometimes some Bible theologians believe that James is really not a New Testament person. Some of them believe that. It's because he was too practical. The book of James has a lot of similarities with the book of Proverbs. It's a very practical book. Uh The New Testament version of uh, Proverbs is James. And in James, we see a lot of things. He said, let no man say when he's tempted. He's let no man say. Because most of the time, when people fall into temptation, they have a lot of things to say. Do you know that? They have a lot of things to say. (laughs) I didn't want to do it. They made me do it. I didn't know what happens. James is saying that, don't say all of those things. He said, don't say all of those things. It has happened, it has happened. Don't say too many things. (laughs) Praise the Lord. He said, let no man say, when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. Then he says, so first of all, he tells you that, when you are tempted, don't say that God made me do it. I am tempted of God. Then he said, for God cannot be tempted with evil. In other words, God cannot tempt you to do evil. God is not his nature. God cannot be tempted with evil. Verse 13. Neither tempted he any man. I like the amplified version of that verse. Amplify, amplify. Verse 1. Good. He says, let no one say when he's tempted, I am being tempted by God. For temptation does not originate from God, but from our own flaws. And we'll be talking about them. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. He himself. Somebody say he himself. Because that's the phrase I really wanted. He himself tempts no one. He himself. Then he goes, let's go back to the King James, verse 14. But every man, every man. Somebody say every man. So, I'm saying that temptation is for all. Somebody say it's for all. He said, but every man is tempted. When he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed, every man is tempted. Every man is tempted. Every woman is tempted. Give me the amplified version. Every man is tempted. Every woman is tempted. Every man is tempted. Every woman is tested. Now, look. But each one is tempted. When he's drunk, somebody say drunk. Now, the, the word drag has connotation of being baited. You are like, you, you bait, uh, you, if you are going to catch a fish. Uh-huh. How many of you have used a hook and uh, listened to fish before? Uh-huh. In the village. And the worm, you put the worm in it and you put it inside. When the fish comes, you pull it. <laughs> That's what he's talking about here. <laughs> so, but each one is tempted when he's dragged and ties and baited to commit sin. By his own worldly desires, last passion. Passion. Somebody say passion. passion. Say passion. passion. Now, 
The same passion that we can love God, that same passion we can use it to commit murder. Same passion. Same passion. So you see, passion don't have direction by itself. It is you who gives direction to your passion. That's what the scripture is saying. We give direction to our passion. If you leave your passion by itself, where it will take you, you won't like. So, he says, every man is tempted when he's drawn by his own worldly desires, lust, and passion. That's it. So, number one, no believer is exempted from temptation. Somebody say, no believer is exempted from temptation. No believer, no matter who you are, you can't say, I pray 10 hours, so I'm exempted. You can't say, I'm a preacher, I'm exempted. You can't say, I'm an intercessor, I'm exempted. No, you will be shocked. Number two, temptation is not sin. Temptation is not, temptation is not what? Yeah, to be tempted is not a sin. Temptation is not sin. You remember what we read about uh, Joseph. He said, the woman tempted him. Joseph, where, where I read earlier. In fact, this text tells us, for we have not, we do not have a high priest, we cannot be tempted, we cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. So you can be tempted, but you don't fall into sin. Temptation and sin are different. All of us will be tempted, but not all of us sometimes survive. So temptation is not sin. Temptation is not sin. Please take note of that. Number three, temptations do not come from God. We saw that earlier. Temptations do not come from God. 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 Let no man say, I am tempted. When I am tempted of God, for God cannot tempt any man. God cannot tempt anyone. No, no temptation is taking you except that which is common. But God is faithful. If God brought the temptation, why will he deliver you? He does not tempt us. But he gives us capacity to overcome temptations when they come. Somebody say, I have capacity. I have capacity. Say, I have capacity, I have capacity. From, God from God to overcome temptation. temptation. Alright, so he says, for there is no temptation that is taking you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able? So there's a limit that God knows you are able. Now look at verse number four. Number four is that no believer has immunity against falling into temptation. Now this is coming close to saying, okay, all of us will be tempted. And when we are tempted, you have to understand that you can fall. Somebody say, I can fall. Say, I can fall. Yeah, you can. You can. That's what he warned us against. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, look at the New Living Translation. If you think you are standing strong, if you think you are standing strong, verse 12, if you think you are standing strong, be, 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 yeah, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. You see, you are born again. The seed of God is in you. But if you are not careful, you'll be doing something that is not like a child of God. So you have to be careful. You have to be careful. The call to be careful as a believer is a call that is seen all through the letters of the apostles. We are called to be careful. We are called to be vigilant. We are called not to live. In fact, in the book of Ephesians, he said, do not be careless how you live. He said, be careful. Don't live as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. He said, if you think you are strong, be careful not to fall. Somebody say, be careful. Be careful. Okay, it is risky to 
feel you are too powerful or too spiritual to fall. It's risky. Look at what the Bible says in Galatians 6, verse 1 to 3. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, now follow this. He's talking about people who are spiritual. He said, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of haughtiness. In the spirit of pride. What he's trying to say is that when somebody falls, that is not the time to show your muscle. Ah, now, how could you allow this small thing to? Ah, this small thing. <laughs> how can you allow? Ah, you just saw them drinking beer and you have started drinking. Ah, how could you? He says, don't do that. He said, restore such a one in the spirit of what? Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. In other words, what the person is going through, you can easily fall into it. So he says, be careful. Bear ye one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now let me show you something about when the disciples of Jesus felt that they were above temptation. One temptation, they all fell into it. Let's see it. Mark chapter 14. We are going to do a long reading, so let's quickly. Mark 14, 27. Mark 14, 27. Then Jesus said to them, If all of you will be made to stumble because of me in this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. You remember when Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane, he was praying and told his disciples, Watch and pray that you fall not into temptation. How many of you remember that? Okay, so Jesus was praying. He told them, let's watch and pray. They say, you can only pray. Why are you like this? We prayed last week with you in the mountain. That prayer is our insurance policy. There is nothing that will happen. If you like, try. Nothing will happen. That's what they were saying. But after I'll be raised, I will go before you. But Peter, somebody say Peter. Peter. Uh-huh. Peter said to him, if all are made to stumble, I will not. That's Peter. He self was talking. <laughs> Jesus said to him, As surely I say to you today, even this night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Verse 31. But he spoke more vehemently. (laughs) Shut up. What are you saying? What do you mean? He said, I will not, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And it's not, no, listen, be careful. It's not only Peter. Bible said, and they all said likewise. The disciples of Jesus were all following the lead of Peter. Wherever Peter went, that's where they went. You remember after Jesus died, he said, I'm going out fishing. And all of them went to follow him. That was Peter. He was a world leader. He led in righteousness. He led in sin. (laughs) Strong man. The Bible said, all of them said we are following. Look at verse uh, 32. And they came to a place where which was named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while, while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is a silly sorrowful, even unto death. Stay here and watch. He went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, that the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping. Amen. And said to who? Peter. Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. So, you see, Peter spoke confidently that I will not fall. But after speaking confidently, there is something else you must do. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. By the time you realize you are doing something that makes you look less than the righteousness of God. 
You have to, there are other practical steps you have to take. He says, look at this. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh, focus on the word, the flesh. Somebody say the flesh. flesh. Yeah, because you see, it's not your spirit that falls into temptation. It's your flesh that leads you into temptation. When you fall into temptation, you are yielding to your flesh rather than your spirit. Your spirit always wants to do what pleases God. Your spirit always wants to do what honors God. But your flesh will always oppose that which pleases God and honors God. Now go on. He said, again, he went away and prayed and spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is now. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. 43 to 50, let's see. Immediately he was still speaking. Judas, one of the twelve with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now his betrayer had given them a signal, saying, Whomever I kiss, he's the one. Seize him and lead him away safely. As soon as he had come, immediately he went up to him and said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then he laid their hands on him and took him. And one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Rather than brain, Peter was doing knife exercise. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus said to him have you come out against the robber with the sauce and clubs to take me I was daily with you in the temple teaching and you did not seize me but the scriptures must be fulfilled okay Peter has denied him now look at this verse 50 then they all forsook him and all those who were making mouth mouth they all fell you will not fall as I close today, the fifth thing I want us to know, we'll continue next week. Every temptation is common. Every temptation is what? Common. Say, every temptation is common. That's 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. He says, There are no temptation taking you except that is common to man, but God is faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able? Every temptation, no temptation except that which is common to man saints in every dispensation have been tempted. There is no generation of believers who did not face temptation. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 37, he says they were stoned, they were sown asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted and tormented. The early Christians were tempted. The Bible says all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer temptation. May the Lord give us grace. May the Lord give us strength. May the Lord give us wisdom to be able to walk away from temptation free. Have you been blessed tonight? Yeah, we are going to be continuing. We will look at the various routes, how temptation comes and how we overcome temptation. The various routes. We will look at the watching route. We will look at the word route. We will look at the wisdom route. May the Lord bless you. Stand on your feet and give God praise today. Give him thanks. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, 
I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.